0: And it's interesting
1: that on either end we have God as the lion and God as the lamb. That These are two polar opposites. But that as a child of God, he's the lion and he's fighting our battles. He's there for us. He's ready to to devour the prey that is preying upon us. But also, he's the lamb that was willing to give his life so that we could have a relationship with him. And so the beauty of that as we sing those words of here's the lion protecting us, but also the lamb that laid down his life. The, the diversity, the vastness, the infiniteness of who God is and that we could never exhaust our knowledge and understanding of Him and that even today as we come in and we sing these songs, may these words not get lost on us of what it means for Him to be the lion. And that those this week He has been the lion and you may not even recognize that He's been fighting or you've lost the idea or even lost countenance on the fact that He's fighting for you. And then also maybe even in some of those difficult times you forget of what He's given up so that you may have life and even have a relationship and speak to Him. Let's pray together. Father, thank You that You are the lion that fights battles for us, maybe even battles and things that are going on and we don't even recognize that. You take care of them for us. And so Lord, thank You that You are the lamb the lamb that was slain the pure perfect spotless sacrifice given for our lives that in that moment on the cross when you said it is finished it was finished there was no there is no need for any more sacrifices that you are the sacrifice it's complete in you Father, that because of that we can have freedom in Christ. And the Father, the blood that was poured out and spilled out upon that cross, Father, it covers over our ineptitude. It covers over our multitude of sins. Father, that is a life-giving blood of the cross. Father, this week, this morning, as we come before you, we lay all of our stuff before you. Father, may you just open up our hearts, till the soil of our hearts. May our hearts be receptive to the seed of your word that you're about to pour out. And that, Father, may we just hear from you this morning. it's in your son's name that we pray. Amen. You can be seated. Over the beginning of the year, at the end of the year, one of the things that I do is kind of look back over the past year and think about what's coming up for me the next year and kind of plan out some things and think through goals and, and things that I want to be a part of it, accomplish, and even ask God, Where do you, what do you want to be doing in me and through me and the church and all these different things? Because I want to continually grow and, and to get better and, and to um, be more in life and to get more out of life. And so we were thinking about it, and in particular during i Um you had some time to slow down for a little bit and think, right? So it was either good or bad. And so during that time, Becky and the kids and I were talking, and we've been here almost 17 months. And uh, some days it feels like 17 years, um, and then some days it feels like 17 days. I mean, it's just this this myriad. I mean, it's gone extremely fast, and so it's um, thinking through that and just thinking, hey, as a part of this idea of finding margin just to kind of slow down and just to, to reflect for a moment over what God's been doing in you and through you. And one of the things that I've been really contemplating as a part of this series is this idea of It's easy for us to get focused on God and the presence or the gifts that he gives us and that the blessings that he bestows upon us and the things that we're because many times whenever we're engaged in this conversation and discussion with God and talking and praying or however you want to describe that is so many times when we're there before God, we're saying, God, I need God, I, this is where I'm at. This is what I'm needing. And we're, we're in that moment of, of, of praying. And so we're drawn to prayer many times because of crisis or because of situations. And we're, we're there saying, hey, God, I recognize you as God in this moment. And usually it's because we need something from him or we're requesting something. And so there's that, that dichotomy of that relationship. And so that when for us, too, whenever we have children, most of the time our children are fervently and insistent about coming to us because they need something, or it's even a perceived need. It may not even be a need. It may be more of a want, but those wants. And so they're they're continually pursuing to get to know us better and do whatever we would possibly want, maybe even call manipulation, to get what they want from us. Do you all know what I'm talking about? Okay. All right. You're looking at me like you don't. So, just making sure. And so that I see that, and... In my relationship sometimes with God is that there's this thing of, hey, God, this is what I need. And even if it's not necessarily directly for me, but for others, hey, God, help this person, heal this person, get involved in this marriage, do whatever you need to do. And this person needs this. And so, but there's this constant going and requiring and requesting and asking. and and thinking through, God, I need this from you, and how easy it is for us to get into that mode of, hey, I need something, or I'm in crisis, or even needing for someone else, and so I go to him, and I'm always asking and requesting, and so then we get into this mode of, "If, if he, and when he gives us an answer, or gives back to us, then we receive those gifts, or those answers, and we're so involved in thinking about the gifts, or the presents, at Christmas, you receive presents. And you get excited and you focus on that. And you're like, God, yes, God gave me gifts. And so you think about that. When in reality, what God's been really honing in on my heart as a part of this whole message series that I want you to grasp is those presents, those gifts are good things. But the greatest gift, the greatest present is actually being in his presence. You hear what I'm saying? So that, yes... Presence, P-R-E-S-E-N-T-S, those things are good and we receive them from our Father because He's a good Father. Those things that we need and sometimes those things that we want when we request them and they fulfill those obligations or whatever that He sees necessary. But maybe even the greater thing than getting presence from God is being in His presence. That the greatest gift is being in His presence presence and experiencing the moments in those times with him and that maybe not even asking for anything but just being and that that maybe that's the greatest gift of all is for us to just sit and to be in his presence and to listen and so this morning as we continue this idea of margin and creating room of making room for those things that matter most I want you to kind of Put that in your mind of what is it like? What am I anticipating and expecting from God? Is it that I want something from Him or is it enough for me just to be with Him? Can I just be in His presence and is that enough? All right. so if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Luke chapter 10 verses 38 through 42. How many of y'all realize we live in a 25 hour a day, 8 day a week society? Any of y'all? Okay. Your, your calendars are doing this. I don't know about you, but my eye calendar, sometimes there's like four or five things. And like, here's the most important thing, but I've got four or five other things. If I get this done, I'm going to try to do these other things. Y'all have that going on? Okay. So we're, we're like, technology hasn't helped our life. It's actually engaged us with more stuff to do because we think, hey, I, got, I can figure out how to cram more life into life. And so we're constantly pursuing why? Because we don't want to miss out on anything. And we want, to, we want to get the most out of life. We realize, hey, life is short. We got to, so we're cramming stuff in. And so I want you to continue to, to think about that. And so we're going from one thing to the next. And even Jesus had a short amount of time to do ministry. And I'm sure that that was in the back of his mind. He's thinking, I've got a lot to accomplish in three and a half years with these jokers. And so we've we got a lot to do. I've got a lot of teaching. I got to teach. And I've got to prepare these guys for when I'm gone because they're the hope of the world through me. And so we're constantly moving. And so even as we think about church, it's real easy for us to get caught up in doing things, including a lot of good things, whether that's church or community. And we're going from place to place to place and we miss out on maybe some of the things that are most important because we're about doing things instead of just being in these moments. It's for us to think about what does Jesus look like. If you have your Bibles in Luke chapter 10, verse 38, we have Jesus and he's just been teaching and doing some ministry and he's walking back and it's him and his disciples. And usually whenever in the, in the New Testament, whenever it talks about Jesus and his disciples, we think about Jesus and the 12. But a lot of times there's more than just the 12. There's some not hangers honors, but there's about anywhere from 45 to 100. Sometimes they say 200 that are in a kind of a caravan with him. And so that's that would be burdensome. That if you're constantly kind of entertaining, feeling like, hey, I've always got to be doing and, and, and entertaining these people and teaching and taking care of them and providing for them, the reason that they're out there is because of you. And so there's even times where Jesus says, says in the New Testament, Jesus has to get away from the crowd, get away even from the disciples and just have some me time. He needed to create some margin. And so here's this moment Jesus has been teaching. Jesus has been um, doing some healing and doing ministry things. And so now he's like, hey, disciples, I want you to, to come with me. I'm going to stop in this town called Bethany, you know, with Mary and Martha and Lazarus and hang out with my friends there. And I want you guys to to go on ahead to Jerusalem. So I'm sure that he called Mary and Martha and said, hey, I'm coming. Your Airbnb, is it open? Can I have, um, can I have a reservation? And I'm sure she said, hey, sure. Yeah, no, no worries. I've got it. And so the, she's opened up the Airbnb. And so Jesus Shows up and knocks on the door and Martha welcomes the man. And so here's where we're at in that story. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village, Bethany, where a woman named Martha opened up her home to him. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet, listening. Now, Now here, this is an interesting thing because here's. Martha and Mary, and I imagine Jesus knocking on the door. The disciples are going on and say, hey, Jesus, you got it. And he's like, yeah, I got it. You guys go on. I just need some time. And so Martha opens up the door and he's like, oh, it's Jesus. We're so glad that you're here. And they hug and, and all of that. And then she comes in and Martha immediately, being who she is, begins to host. Y'all know, I don't know if that happens at your house, but your wife or somebody, there's somebody who has the gift of hosting. And when they got the gift of hosting, nothing else matters. And it doesn't matter who it is. If they're coming over and you've invited them over and you're expecting them, then you break out, not the paper plates, but the fine china. Am I right? And so this is Martha. This is her spiritual gift. This is what she does. She hosts. And of course, what greater guest could you have than Jesus, right? So they have an understanding of who Jesus is. And so Jesus enters into the house and she immediately gets busy about doing the work that she sees as necessary work. So she's going to the kitchen. I imagine that she's sweeping and she's got everybody in the house getting together. She's got to find China because everything has to be perfect. Now, I imagine Martha is like somebody that I know. And, um, and so that what happens is if you clean the house on Friday and it's sufficiently cleaned on Friday... But then you get noticed on Saturday that someone's coming that evening. You've got to re-clean. Y'all have people like that? Y'all know people like that? It's not necessarily my house. I'm just saying I know people like that. Okay? And so it's like, hey, it was good on Friday night, but now Saturday. Other people are coming in their lenses of how they inspect and how they view may be radically different than your view. And so they go, we go and we clean and we work extra hard. And so I imagine this is Martha's mindset. Is that, hey, Jesus is coming, and I'm going to clean, and I'm going to work hard at getting all this ready to go. And then you've got Mary, who is seeing hey, that stuff needs to be done. And she's probably that person. She sees it and recognizes, hey, that would be good. But you know what? It's not dinner time yet. Jesus is here, and he wants to share some stories. So I'm going to sit at the feet of Jesus and just listen. So imagine with me here, Jesus show us at the house and Martha hugs and she immediately goes on to the tasks that are at hand and, and getting everything ready and, and Mary gives Jesus a hug and they go and he sits down in the lazy boy recliner and she literally sits on the floor at his feet and is beginning to listen and says, Jesus, tell me about what's happening. And so her and Jesus begin to talk and begin to share stories. And this is one of the main points of this passage is for us to understand that it's precious moments When we have time to spend time with Jesus where there's no other distractions and then those moments to just sit at the feet of Jesus and to spend time with him. That the rabbis of the day and throughout history have said that the greatest thing that we as disciples of a rabbi can do is to have the dust of our rabbi kick up onto our feet. That we're so closely walking the same path, that we're so closely following beside our rabbi that as he walks and kicks up dust that it falls on our feet. Now you can imagine that here Jesus has traveled a long way and so his sandaled feet are dusty. And so one of the things that she probably did is she probably, as Jesus came in, one of the things Mary probably did was she probably washed the feet of Jesus. So here she is in that moment saying, hey, you're the most important, you are the most valued thing in this moment. Yes, that, that food's going to happen. Yes, the meal's going to happen. But you're the treasured guest. And so as you come in, i wash your feet. I want to sit down before you and I want to hear the stories of what's happening. And this is a discipleship habit for us. Is that we are so busy doing all these different things and that we come even into a place like this And there's all these other things that distract our mind, that distract our heart, that we have an opportunity to sit with someone or to sit in a community and to hear from God. But all these other distractions distract us from what's most important. That's why even this morning as we opened up this time together, I said, hey, what are all these distractions that you've got? And so maybe one of the things, maybe one of the, the practices for you, spiritual practices you need to begin to do is if you're like Martha will hear just a second. If you're distracted by all these other things is maybe as you come into worship, maybe just literally imagining yourself saying, God, here's the stuff that I'm trying to control and I'm trying to manage and I'm worried about and consumed by and I want you just to have it in this moment. Maybe write it down on your program and say, God, here's those things that are consuming me. I'm giving them to you in this moment because they're distracting my heart and I don't want those distractions. I want to just sit at your feet. I want to just enjoy your presence. I want to just be with you in this moment. And Mary was able... To do that. Now, some of this is personality. All of us are, have different personalities, and I'm sure Martha, again, was this driven, task driven person of going from task to task. And even though she enjoyed Jesus in his presence, that task took over. But here they are. Martha's about doing those things, and those were all good things. As we'll see in just a second, the better thing, maybe the best thing, is to sit at the feet of Jesus. She sat at the feet of Jesus, Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet, listening. She was continually listening. It's this idea of, hey, that we talked about the last few weeks that I can hear something, but I know that you've heard me and you've listened because there's actions behind it. That as Mary is sitting at the feet of Jesus, that she's soaking in what Jesus is saying and that she's thinking through and processing how can she apply this and how can it impact her life and how can she truly be a disciple of Jesus. That Jesus, these things that you're telling me, I want you to, to pray always. I want you to do all this different stuff. What does that look like and how do I apply it to my own personal life? Mary sat at the feet of Jesus and listened from him and heard his words and allowed that to, to soak in and to marinate and bring flavor and life to her life. Look on it. It said, is he who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said, his words? Verse 40, but Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. What are you distracted by? What are you distracted by? Distracted by your schedule? Distracted by your finances? Distracted by relationships? Distracted by the things that you've got to do that you've, even here this morning, you're thinking about, okay, I've got to go to the grocery store, and here's the things that I've got to do. Distracted by work? Those things that consume us, that we're constantly thinking about, that maybe even some of you in the middle of the night, you wake up in cold sweat or you wake up because that's what you're thinking about. You can never get away from it. It's easy for us to be distracted, distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. Again, this idea that we constantly have to be working at and pursuing and providing an image so that when people look at us, And they see you, that they've got an image that you've worked hard at presenting. That you get distracted by all those things instead of the presence, getting the gifts. You're thinking about those things instead of being in the presence of Jesus. One of the cool things about this is that Mary had the opportunity to actually sit at the feet of Jesus. And this was something that was new, that was something that Jesus invited women in to be a part of fellowship, be a part of the teaching and saying, listen, I see all one, it's equal footing at the cross, male, female, Jew, Gentile, that if anything, Jesus is kind of breaking down huge barriers and saying, listen, I don't care who you are, you are welcome here to sit at the feet of Jesus and be teaching and listen to the teaching because that wasn't something that happened in his day, in Jesus' day and before that, whenever there was teaching, it wasn't men and women and children gathered in, it was men sitting at the feet of the rabbi. And so, again, I think Mary was a part of this understanding of like, listen, I have a cherished opportunity that I've got Jesus and understanding a little bit about who he is. And he's in my house, and I have an opportunity to listen to him, to sit at his feet. And as a woman, I have an extra special privilege that no one else has. And she's probably wondering, what is Martha doing? Why is she distracted by all this stuff? It could just be us and Jesus listening in this moment. So Jesus is giving some freedom to these women as well that they wouldn't have normally had to be able to experience being in the presence. Luke 8.14 says this, the seed that fell among the thorns stands for those who hear. So in other words, again, as you prepare the soil of your hearts, and you can imagine whenever Jesus taught this parable, that you would have imagined him, he's outside and he's probably on a rock, kind of a, with a crowd gathering. And so he, the crowd is below him, and as they're looking up, they're looking at some some uh, land that's being tilled and prepared. And so I even imagine that as Jesus is teaching that he's doing this and the crowds down there and behind him, there's a farmer who's tilling the the um, fields and preparing it. And there's a farmer throwing seeds. And so as Jesus is teaching this idea of, hey, as you're, you're the farmer throws seeds, they're looking at and seeing this visual picture. You're going to see the path. You're going to see where the the farmer has tilled the soil and prepared. And so here this Jesus is teaching. And one of the things he says in Luke eight fourteen is that the good seed falls down, right? The seeds throw out and some of it goes among the thorns. As it goes among the thorns are those that hear the word of God. But as they go along and as they do life, as they're choked by life's worries, those things that consume us, the worries and the pleasures and the riches of life, they do not mature. The so thing about this in this moment of Mary and Martha is that Mary had an opportunity to be distracted by all these other things and she chose to sit at the feet of Jesus. And Mary, Martha was distracted and pursuing why there were good things, but distracted and she didn't have the opportunity to be fully in the presence of Jesus. And then in verse 41, actually right before that in verse 40, Martha, she came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care? That my sister has left me to do the work by myself. Now here's a pretty bold phrase right here. Tell her to help me. To Jesus. That's pretty bold, isn't it? Jesus, don't you see that I'm doing all this work? Tell her to help me. And Jesus pulls her in close. Being the guy that he is, he pulls her in and he says, Martha, Martha. This is a term of endearment you've seen in the New Testament when Jesus says woman, woman. It's the same idea of Martha, Martha. You're worried and upset about many things. In other words, you're easily distracted. Your heart is easily distracted and consumed by the tyranny of the urgent. But few things are needed. And indeed, only one. Mary has chosen what is better. And it will not be taken away from her. The opportunity to just sit in the presence of Jesus. For us to just stop and to just be with Him and to enjoy His presence and just sit is a privilege that we had. And we, we are such people that pursue activity that it's hard for us to just sit and to be still and to sit at His feet and to learn from Him. What I want to continue to challenge you to think about is what are some ways that you can chisel away some time, whether that's early morning time, midday, lunchtime, evening time, and all the things that you've got going on. And just make some margin to sit in the presence of Jesus, to allow him to speak to you, to allow him to talk to you and, and spend opportunities to develop that relationship with him, that the longer that you spend time with him, the more that you get to know him and the desire continues to grow in you to, to spend more time with him. The, the rumor is the more that you go to the gym and the better you get there, the more you start to crave those things. I've heard that you can even crave vegetables. We all heard this? Uh, You can crave vegetables. And so this is this idea of, listen, those things that you begin to take in and you begin to to take into your life, you become attracted to and you get a taste for them and to see and understand. The taste and see that the Lord is good. And it's going to take time for you to, to chisel away those times. Because, listen, the enemy is prowling. And his number one thing that he wants us to do is to be distracted distracted by the tyranny of the urge and all those other things that we can pursue. But the one thing, the better thing, is to sit at the feet of Jesus and to allow Him to speak to us in those quiet, still moments. Even though there's a lot of good things to be doing, to just sit at His feet and to hear from Him. Let's pray together. Father, we, we all readily admit there are many things to do And even as we sit here saying that we're going to create margin, most of our hearts and minds goes to all the things that we need to do. And all the reasons that we can't and don't have the ability to, to find margin. Or to just find the opportunity just to, to stop for five or ten minutes and just to be present with you. So Father, I, I pray that you would just each one of us in this room that you would just maybe just visually show us a calendar and say, hey, here's five minutes. Here's five minutes where you're driving to this place and instead of listening to this, you can listen to me. Or here's seven minutes where you're doing this and you're getting ready for the day and you got all this other stuff going on that if you could just stop that and you could just listen to me, that all of those other Things that we allow to speak to us and to, to distract our hearts and minds. That Father, would you just show us some moments where we can crowd out all that other thing and find margin for you. For Father, I know the desires of our hearts is to allow your dust to kick up onto our feet. And to know you and to be students and disciples of Rabbi Jesus. For it's in your son's name that we pray. Amen.